Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Hey guys, what up? It's Sally. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the No Laying Up podcast. We will get to the podcast shortly that I recorded last night with No Laying Up co-founder Tron Carter. Uh, it had been a couple years since he and I had done a podcast, so it ran a little longer than I expected, so I'm going to split this into two parts. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone that downloads, listens, subscribes to the podcast, as well as those that have sent in uh, an awesome array of questions these last few weeks that's very much appreciated and it, it makes it a lot easier for us to keep an ear to the street as to the kind of topics you guys want to hear us discuss so thank you to everyone that has done that and one other way you can really help us out would be to go on itunes take a couple seconds and leave us a rating or a comment and a review on itunes it helps us get to, helps us for feedback purposes as well as it helps us in itunes so uh, that would be very much appreciated it does not take much time and i know uh, for some of our regular listeners, that, that would be really appreciated from, from our end. And the uh, second thing is Neil and Tron have worked very hard in getting our pro, shape, pro shop uh, up to date with the most fresh items we have seen in our pro shop yet. Uh, there's new white hats. There's blue hats. The, the black performance tees are back in stock. The no-laying-up T-shirts, the gray ones, are back in stock. Um, so please swing by the pro shop. Check it out. Uh, I promise you guys will like what's in there. As well as if you have any other suggestions as to items you'd like to see us add, we are more than happy to do that. So uh, without further ado, here's part one of my podcast with Tron. Thanks again for tuning in. gentlemen welcome back to the no lineup podcast i'm chris solomon and for the first time in probably almost two years i'm doing a podcast with a fellow no laying up founder uh since moving across the atlantic ocean it is very difficult to line up schedules with people that are six seven hours behind in time zone but uh fear not we have mr tron carter on the line calling in from boston what is what has boston marathon week been like uh for you tron Oh, it's been good. It's, uh, it's been our first one since we moved up here. So, um, you know, it's, I kind of, I'd always heard about the hype and, you know, knew it was a busy week, but man, it's, uh, it, place has just been nuts, but I'm, I'm, all these, all these runners are just, there's a lot of sick individuals that, that, <laughs> that run and 20, like I, I couldn't, you know, I'm not a runner. I, I can probably bike 100 miles but i can't run more than like five or my knee will explode um but yeah all these people are just it's been tough to get a reservation restaurant it's been tough to we live kind of we live like two blocks from the finish line so it's been tough to you know 
go out and get get lunch or anything. It's just I'm ready for everybody to get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, that's what uh, what were they? What year was they were applying? They were thinking about applying for the Olympics in Boston, like 2024 or something like that. Yeah, it was like 20, 2022 or twenty twenty four. It would be a, it would be an absolute debacle. <laughs> I this think, place is busy enough as it is. I think so. Bill Simmons was like. Nobody wants this. No one in Boston wants this. This would be a complete logistical nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and really, I mean, we've only been here since November, but for the most part, we're just starting now to see the tourists come in. Like, we live right, like, right in the city, and I was just like, holy shit, this is like an inv- It's like the cicadas when the cicadas <laughs> come like every 10 or 12 years. It's like the cicadas come at a certain time of the year, and it's just... Like, got Japanese tourists walking down the street taking pictures, you know, trying to take pictures of me and my dogs. It's weird. <laughs> Posing for selfies with you. But uh, you were just down uh, in Augusta for the Masters a couple, uh, what is it now, last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, it was, God, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been recovering since. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, I guess, almost two weeks, or really two weeks yesterday since we went to the, Neil and I went to the Monday practice round. And what was your? Uh, I know you you shared a couple thoughts on on some guys you saw there, but and you you've been to the Masters a bunch of times, but was there anything really different about this time going for you? No, I mean I just keep we keep lucking out as far as the weather goes. Uh, guys from Tour Junkies were nice enough to have us down. Uh, weather was like it was a little bit on the chilly side. It was maybe sixty, sunny. Um, I didn't put any sunscreen on like like a moron and just I'm just you know just ashy as hell now um but uh but yeah it was you know the course i mean obviously it's like the more things change in the golf world the more things stay the same there um but yeah we were we were fortunate we got to um got to see a little bit of uh dechambeau um speed justin thomas went out with kepka so followed them a little bit on the back nine um kepka big timed Oppie Bonrat so hard on, oh, the ten, no. on the 10th tee. It was, Neil and I were like, man, we may be all the way out on this guy because he just, the big unit was there and the, the big unit played by himself ahead of these guys. And I got I to shoot a tee, but he had the just the best horse sauce moment. <laughs> he was hitting like a three-wood off the 10th tee. And this is, a, this is the Monday practice round. And he just, just sprays it right. And he, like drops the club and does a you know the, the uh, right point, and it was like it's a practice round, bro. Like I don't even know why you need a point. So yeah, Marshall's got to find that ball. He's probably playing uh, keeping a worse ball score like Big Cat would be out there. <laughs> so, but yeah, actually, the one the biggest takeaway I had was, um, I guess the last practice round I went to was Tuesday, uh, but you know we went Monday and. A lot of guys fly in from from Houston, you know, that played the week before, or you know, a lot of the guys that didn't play the week before really, um, you know, fly in earlier, and then and then the, and then they're there for a few days prior to really the first ostensible practice round. But I'm blown away at how many guys don't like don't go off early or don't go off early and then hang out all day and then play late, like like really after 4 p.m. Like, nobody was playing the back nine. It was like, guys just played nine holes, where I would think I would go in, like, play play nine holes early in the morning, go get, you know, rubbed down, 
go have lunch, go work with my physio, you know, and then come back out at like four o'clock and play the back nine from like four to six or four to six thirty, especially if it was one of my first times. Especially if you were planning on one of being one of the guys in in the final pairings come exactly. the weekend, because yeah. that's yeah, I imagine same, yeah, that course plays lighting, different. Yeah, yeah, same same wind and stuff. So that was a little bit. I don't know. I just I don't know why more guys don't do that, especially on Monday, and then you just chill out Tuesday and Wednesday, and then ready to roll. I mean, I mean, the range was packed at that time. There was just nobody out of the course. I think that was like that when we went, like in 2012, if I remember right, too. It was, it was, uh, it was smoking hot during the day. Everyone was out during the day, and then by the time like six o'clock rolled around, we were like, All right, I guess we should go. There's no one really else left out here, but. Uh, yeah. So after yeah you, you you took in the practice round and then I assume you got to see a lot of the coverage I know uh, I've been very uh, we've talked a lot about speed a lot of things that happen you know I've had did two podcasts last week but uh, I feel like you're a bit on the other side of the aisle on speed I guess than I am it's not it's not hard to be opposite of me on on speed I don't think <laughs> but uh, I want to get your just uh, your overall thoughts on everything that happened and what we saw from him last weekend. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's tough to be out on the guy. Um, you know, I've been hugely supportive of him since. You have really. He was, you, were, you know, he was at. You know, he was at like really in high school. Um, starting to sound buddy, creepy, but yeah, you were. You were. My <laughs> buddy Andy, like, you know, went to Jesuit High School in Dallas, and he's been he's been talking this kid up since he was like fourteen. Uh, but but looking at it, I just you know fought. I followed him quite a few times, you know, whether it be like the Heritage or the Tour Championship in person, and it's just, I just feel like he's, he's playing slower and slower, and it's driving me nuts. I mean, you know, and I don't know whether that's just indecision from being tired and overthinking things, but, I, you know, I feel like... I feel like he's overanalyzing things. That's just my take on it. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever noticed it until this past weekend, though. and, and Well, I guess probably not until Friday. Um, I thought it. I had it had something to do with him being a little bit overall comfortable with his ball striking. Uh, I mean, he he scraped it around a little bit. Stats show that he was actually really good. He had a lot of really great shots, but he also just hit a lot of shots that really cost him. He was able to bail himself out with the putter a lot, but that's what I thought led to it. He just couldn't get decisive with that much wind and that much, you know, potential punishment, like on shots like 11, 12, 15, et cetera, couldn't get comfortable. And he was backing off a ton of shots. I feel like that just kind of stockpiled on him. But for me, it's, it's just not that pressing of an issue for a guy to be slow, like on a major championship weekend. I don't, I'm not in a huge hurry for it to be over, unless it's like, yeah. unless it's really affecting the outcome of the tournament. I just didn't, I didn't know, I didn't understand why a lot of people were getting really frustrated. I, by guess, it. I guess my problem with it was, a everybody's like, well, they're not out of position. I was like, well, they got Bernhard Longer, Jason Day, and Matsuyama up ahead of them, so that's that's not exactly the the trifecta of. Of, yeah, you know, it was it was it was players. people were people were like making up how far behind they were though. That's what was frustrating me. It's like <laughs> they finished two holes back and then I like I rewound it and it's like, no, they were actually waiting in the eighteen fairway to approach the green on Saturday. So yeah. I guess I just for me some of it comes down to consistency. Like yeah. if they're gonna penalize the Chinese kid oh, God. once and long from a few years ago, then you know, you gotta be consistent with that. And I'm, you know, it's not just this this really isn't an anti speed thing. It's, yeah. just, it's just just be consistent with everybody. You know, and I I used to be very critical of Kevin Na. I think he's done a 
excellent job of addressing the issue and speeding it up, you know. But I, the other thing is I don't think CBS did any any favors no. to speech. I mean, they would they would cut to him as soon, you know, before he would even pull his club. Yeah. You know, and then but then somehow not show or not have the audio of the conversations between him and, him and Greller. It's the worst possible just, combination. Yeah, it was like, holy shit, what, like, like, you know, just clueless production. Guys so. talking over it, I mean, yeah, and that, that was their story for the weekend with Speed. it was spoon-fed to him, and, um... I mean, yeah, it was it was a frustrating broadcast as it as it was. Like, I get so frustrated too when like, there's a kid like Matthew Fitzpatrick, all right? Yeah. So we're always complaining about like, or, or the last few years, everybody's been complaining up until Spieth and Day and all these guys have come out. Like, you know, when are these young guys going to take charge and when are they really going to, you know, come out and do stuff? Well, it's like you got guys. It's like they are they're always complaining about not have enough stars, but the problem is, like, one of the reasons there's not enough stars is because they don't show anybody else. It's, it's like Kepka at the Phoenix Open a couple of years ago, or like, you know, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick at the Masters. I mean, they showed him a handful of times. This kid, you know, this kid's got one of the best swings I've ever seen. Yeah. And obviously has the stones to back it up, you know? But, it, I mean, why aren't they... Why aren't they putting him out there front and center? You know, I, I don't, I don't get that. That's what it's just cyclical, right? They've put the same guys on TV for so many years that they those guys rate well. They're popular guys, but they've no eye to the future as to who, uh, who you know, who's going to be buttering their bread for future years, right? I mean, there's no excuse not to show Daniel Berger a Daniel Berger shot come Sunday afternoon. You, yeah. you have time in that broadcast to show. A couple shots from the guys that are top fifteen, top ten. It, unless you were, I mean, he was on the on the broadcast a little bit on Saturday, but you, it, unless you knew that, you would not have known Daniel Berger finished top ten at the Masters this year. It's pathetic, yeah. and he, even well, Ro- especially when, when yeah. Golf Digest is putting out photo galleries of his Instagram account because his girlfriend's hot. <laughs> she is. Yeah. That's DB straight vibing. <laughs> DB straight vibing. <laughs> at what point is he going to have to change that that handle? I don't think he does, man. I think that's. I think that's him. I can't get a read on that guy at all. I don't. I don't really know anything about him. He seems like not interesting, but I'm guessing there's more to him than uh, than what we've seen. But again, we never see him on TV, so I don't really know a whole lot about him. Yeah, but. yeah. No, he's he's the. I think he's like the main ambassador for 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 uh, Jupe Life. For Jupe Life. Hashtag Jupe Life. <laughs> um, all right. Well, there's a guy uh, you noted on Twitter that you saw in person swing the club, and I think you've uh, you've, you've formed a, a, an opinion on him uh, already from an off the golf course perspective uh, that I think a lot of people agree with. And he's all anybody's talking about this week, and it's Bryson DeChambeau. So first, I want or, first of all, how do you say it? Because I was reading some tweets to, today that's it's like DeChambeau or something like that is how he I, says I, it. I think it's Bryce, Bryson DeScambo. That's <laughs> how I've always pronounced it. I put that on a T for you. I did not, That was unplanned for the record. Anybody listen to this? But really? I did not mean to do that to you. <laughs> um, so, all right. First, let's exclude everything else and just I want to hear your in-person reports on his uh, him hitting a golf ball. Uh, well, first of all, I had a problem with him playing up the whole I'm an amateur thing when, you know, I think he signed with Puma Cobra like six weeks ago and just, you know, just basically delayed the, delayed the payment until the Monday after the Masters or 
maybe even that night. But um, that was kind of the worst kept secret out there. But obviously, the guy can play. Uh, that's not, you know, that's beyond reproach. But but really, I got the sense from him, you know, watching him. I was I was astounded at how how far he hits the ball, how efficient his golf swing is. Um, you know, he really. I did see him, you know, the, the shot he hit on 18, we saw him hit his tee shot on 18, too, and he, he just just murdered the ball. So I was, I was surprised to see what he did, you know, there leading in. So I, I, my problem with him, I like his swing. I don't have a problem with any of the one-length clubs or anything like that. I think all that's cool. Everybody's like, oh, you just don't like him because he's different. No, I, I tend to like guys that are different. My problem with him is, is he just he just seems like I don't know, kind of a J.J. Watt humble brag type, <laughs> you know, kind of a fluffer. Is it a humble brag when you're just, like, pretty much bragging all the time? No, it, <laughs> I guess that's the thing. It's, yeah, it's not even it's not even a humble brag. It's just a, you know, it's just being being who you are and being an arrogant douchebag, I guess. But, sorry, you can cut that out. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to. That stays in. <laughs> but, you, you know, it's just... And, I, I, I guess the the theme now is that everybody feels like he's he's just playing everybody for a fool now. You know that seems to be the consensus on on Twitter this week, where you know everybody thinks, oh, you know, he's just stringing the media along. He's just having fun with it all. And I'm like, no, like he's been like this pretty much the whole time. Like, yeah. you know, even before he won the U.S. Amateur, he was just kind of. You know, kind of, kind of out there and just talking about stuff. Where you know, he was talking about like terminal velocity or something the other day in the press conference, and it was like, you know, that's not even that's not even applicable here. That's like a falling object, man. <laughs> so you're saying the physic the physics stuff is fake? It's not fake. It's just <laughs> it's just so played up. Like I feel like he's trying to play into a certain persona now. But at the start, you know, which I guess is what everybody else is trying to say. But at the start. He had this persona to begin with. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like he's he's been trying to manufacture this this personality or anything like that. But you know, I just and not, it's not making it any better that like Jim Nance just pimps the guy incessantly. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. It, it, it's just it's it's just all a little bit too much. Yeah, and I've 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 talked to a couple golf writers about it, and they're like, yeah, you know, he's. A, He's a good kid. He just needs to take it down a couple of notches, yeah. which is the sense that you know I think everybody could probably agree with that. But, yeah, you know because he's he's here to stay. He's not going anywhere. Um, you know, I just I just want to feel like the guy's genuine. Yeah, not just I think just, he is though. I mean, I I, I think. Um, I'm not the first person to come up with the, the take that you know it's quirkiness for the sake of quirkiness, but it it. I don't think he's overplaying it. I think he knows how different it is, and he's selling himself on that and kind of going overboard with it. But, I mean, he's 22 years old. We're kind of spoiled with Spieth and how he yeah. handles the media. And, like, we, he's a young – I mean, he's a, he's a kid. I mean, and uh, I just – I do think this is truly how it is, but I think he knows that people are going to eat this up. And But I think he also knows people are going to not like him because of it, so – uh, uh, I just feel like some of it's over the top. Like when yeah. he signs his name backwards using his left hand. Yeah. Or, or you know, I, I feel like everybody's like, oh, Bryson, you're so wacky. Tell us about how wacky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's kind of a lot of Phil in him, though. Like, Phil always, to me, always seems like 
he can't just be ahead of the curve with some kind of statistical advantage. He has to let everyone know that he's ahead of the curve. Or, you know, black, teams studies show that college teams, when they wear black, they they get more penalties and they're more aggressive. It's like, all right, we get it, Phil. You've thought it through. That the, somebody you, said that the other day. Was it Porter or somebody who, who tweeted? He was like, yeah, he's, he's like Phil, but without the benefit of having an agent or representative who's telling him to shut up. Basically. Yeah. It's like 10 times the fig jam of film, but it, but, uh, um, I, I, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but like when, when you ever, do you ever, have, do you ever bet on guys that you don't like? Yeah. I, well, I've done it to, I've done it to basically hedge your happiness so that the result is palatable. Yeah, exactly. I've done it with Bubba before. Yeah. Same. I've won with Bubba before and it kind of, it's so, to me like it kind of softens my opinion of 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 somebody like I and when 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 you win with somebody you I don't know you the way you look the way I look at that person going forward is very different like I I bet on Keimer to win the players a few years ago at 80 to 1 and like I was rooting for him at the US Open just because of that like just I was sold based on that I bet on DeChambeau this past week at RBC he wasn't that close to winning I mean he finished T4 but I did not think he was going to win but just like that feeling of rooting for him and having like his own his own shot tracker tab in my browser was kind of like okay I'm really enjoying this you way more. You think of him on more of a, a more of an objective basis for sure. Yeah, well, I I was like really surprised how much I was enjoying that, like just following the sh- the shot tracker, like and seeing the the few clips that I saw, and I was like I could actually see my I I I actually preached before he came out. I was like all right. His style is very different. Let's not overreact either way if he plays well or doesn't play well. Let's give him some time. I'm completely getting rid of that. Two start After seeing two starts, I'm like in on him. From a golf perspective, I'm totally yeah, sold. Oh, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything not to like from a golf perspective. Right. But like going back to what was his presser? It was like Monday or Tuesday at the Heritage. When he was talking about like being an artist, and I was just, I was like, dude, just just can it. Like, just yeah. play golf, you know? Quit. Quit trying to show us how smart you are. I just didn't. I didn't get that. Yeah. No. I think he'll eventually start fading from that. I hate the. I hate the Hogan hat. That's one thing I was like. Oh, it's brutal. I could. I could be. Uh, that's one thing that just makes it hard to look past. But um, he's nowhere near like a Bubba for me. You know, he's kind of like a. He's much very similar to a Patrick Reed, and that I think it's co- his. Uh, off course antics and cockiness is kind of comical, and he's really good at golf, and he's a young American. I think that they they're they're very similar in those regards. I think it's kind of fun. The whole thing is funny to me and entertaining. So the whole I don't like. What blew me away was when he was waiting for Danny Willett behind the 18th green at Augusta. Did you see? Did <laughs> I didn't you see that. that. I was I was in the corner of the room in the fetal position, so no, I missed that. <laughs> So he was, he was like, he was waiting for Willett behind the 18th green, and Willett was just like, dude, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> they go way back. It was bizarre, and I was just like, man, like, this is, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of like Bubba hanging around for, you know, and like trying to be a nice guy sometimes when like some of these other guy wins, and they're like, oh, like Bubba's congratulating me, like what the hell's going on? Um, but like... That just and then the whole the whole interaction between him and Spieth, and then Spieth threw a little bit of shade at him. Yeah, in one of his pressers too. So I feel like the uh, these other guys are picking up on that same stuff and really 
they resent him a little bit, and not because he's got so much game, but just because he's, you know, he's just so outwardly flamboyant and arrogant with his, yeah, you know, his whole so. stick, yeah. And it's not, yeah. it's not. I wouldn't even call it stick, but um, I, I've mentioned this. This is at least the second podcast I've mentioned what Eduardo Molinari had to say on. I, I just I pull, found the tweet back in February. He played with them, and honestly, this is like one of the most remarkable. And I'm probably overrating this tweet, but it's one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen a PGA Tour player tweet. He said, at least I was lucky to watch in person for 36 holes one of the best players I've ever seen, Bryson DeChambeau. Hashtag what a player, hashtag game changer. And I was like, when I read that, I was like, oh my god, like wow. For another pro to say that about, you know, another pro, you don't really see that that often. The, The fact that he called him a game changer was just like... Wow, there's really actually something really special and unique about this guy that's going to be pretty interesting to watch. You got to take it with a grain of salt, though. Are they the same like management company or something? That's one of the flying Molinari brothers. Like they're they're like the international cell of LPCP on tour. LPCP. <laughs> I like I I said this to Porter too because I think we talked about this exact tweet, but I still. I still don't know which one of the two of them is better. I don't want. You, I think you know, and I don't want you to tell me because I kind of like the mystery of not knowing which one of the Molinaris is the better Molinari. <laughs> they're like the Walenda brothers, you know. It's just like they. They just need to. They need to take it all away. Take it back to the Euro Tour. Get out of here. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to transition too quickly into questions we got. But now that we're on Deshambo, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that we got from Twitter, if that's cool. Yeah. But uh, Wally Brennan wants to know: five years from now, who has who has more wins? Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Bryson Deshambo. Uh, until Thomas proves to me that he can proves all of us, not not me. I don't mean to say that. No. Like, like I'm the one judging him, but um, until he proves that he can close, I, I would say DeChambeau. Because DeChambeau, I remember watching him at the USAM last year, and, I mean, the guy was, literally, he was, like, unbeatable. It was like, holy shit, nobody's, nobody's going to touch this guy. Um, Do you think it's going to, like, cause uh, a, a true, like, change in the way people play the game of golf? I mean, I don't know. There's probably kids sitting in the bathtub, you know, soaking their Pro V1s in Epsom salt. Um, after, you know, I think he said that couple, you know, there's there's just like these little, almost like novelty things that he's, um, you know, kind of come out and been quoted as saying. But but I think there's there's some legitimate stuff there. Like, I think the whole, like, I've never thought about his whole concept of wedges. Well, you take it back to four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, and having a list of exactly how far you hit it yeah. at each of those spots. Like that's that's actually really useful, you know. Really, um, I don't know, kind of enlightened stuff. So I, I mean, I think there's some stuff that he does that's definitely applicable to a wide variety of people. It could help people with their games. But I don't, you know, I don't know if a lot of people. I don't. Know. I mean, you're talking to kind of a field player too. So I'm not. I'm not as good. You know, identifying with some of the stuff that he's 
he's uh, you know the whole proprioception thing and all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm not as good as identifying with some of that. Yeah, more scientific stuff. Well, if there's anything that looks um, unnatural, and it's when he's trying to like chip with a six iron length club, like that part, and I think he even said something about it after the round, uh, after playing with Spieth, like that's where I need to get with my wedges. So I think if there's going to be a weakness in his game, that's probably going to be it. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll figure out some scientific way um, to resolve that. But I think what's where I, I'd like to think that this could be like a change in the game in some way, but. You have to commit to so many different things to do this that I don't see like people, you know, this being a normal thing. Like, I, I the, his setup to the ball with those clubs so upright and the one plane swing, like you have to perfect that. There's not like a tr- uh, the trial and error for that has to take a long, long time. And there's no like amateur that's going to go say, "Hey, put my clubs 13 degrees upright right now." I'm going to go remake my swing. So. I, I, I don't. I, people are saying like this could completely revolutionize the way we play the game. Who knows? Maybe in 100 years, every single person has the exact same swing and it looks exactly like that. But he's the first person to really, really, you know, change the way a golf club is swung. Maybe then, like Bubba's probably the opposite end of that spectrum. But I can't think of anyone else that really swings the club that differently on tour. Can you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Furyk. Yeah, that's the only but one. But at the end of the day, he's still. He's still like from from kind of in the impact zone. He's still in the same spot everybody else is. You know what I mean? He's Bryson is your son. No, uh, Furyk. Furyk, yeah, yeah Furyk. Like, okay. You know, Furyk. He's doing all this crazy shit all around, but that's masking the fact that he's got a really fundamentally sound swing. Yeah. In the impact zone, um, I think with Deshambo, I mean, I got to give the guy a lot of credit too to commit to, you know, be a decent player and then commit to that sort of swing and that sort of off the wall stuff is I mean that's that's definitely admirable. So, you know, I don't want to sit here and shit on the kid. I just think he needs to you know, he needs to tone it down a couple notches. Yep, that's fine. Um what do you think about his chances to be on the Ryder Cup team this fall? Shit, after what I saw on the in the in the USAM, um you know, I'd take him over I'd sure as I'll take him over Kuchar. <laughs> you would? There's about four or five guys I'd probably take him over out there. Just because, you know, he's probably going to piss the Euros off too, which is always a good thing. Uh, we got a great uh, comment here. It's from uh, at no one denies this. It's a very <laughs> fitting handle for this comment. Bryson Patrick Reed is going to be the greatest Ryder Cup pairing ever. I have no question. I'm not upset with that take, Zach. That's that's phenomenal. But um, who do you put Spieth with? Um, I would say Thomas, but I don't think as we're sitting here currently, I don't think he's sitting in a great position to be on the Ryder Cup team. Um, he, I don't know where he is on the points list. I know he's tight with DL three, but I think um, I think he'd be the first to tell you his game recently has not been. Um, you know, it's not been up to par to what we would expect from a Ryder Cup player. I'm not saying that he's not going to turn it on, but if we're sitting here right now, I wouldn't, you know, as, as big of a Thomas fan as I am, I wouldn't say that he's probably near the top of the list to be a captain's pick. Would you? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, I think Adam Sarson read a good so, piece today. It's, so, it's so early in the game. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And so much can change. I mean, imagine like in 2014 at this time, 
talking about you know people wanting Horschel to be on it, and then it was unanimous right before the the event started that everyone wanted Horschel on the team. Like everything can absolutely change in the matter of a couple months. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's I guess you probably kind of already answered my next question in that we've had one American win in the last eight weeks or something like that. I saw that stat on Twitter. I don't know. I don't remember where I read that. Apologies, but. Is that a concerning sign for the Ryder Cup team at this point? I think some of that's just a matter of there's just more international guys playing than ever before on tour. You know, a lot of a lot of these Euros if I think I saw Willett either today or yesterday, you know, basically announced that he's gonna play US tour full time. I mean they're you know, just just the I'm sure you can attest to this living over in Europe. It seems like the Euro tour you know, they haven't played it, like, they played in Europe for the first time, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> season? You know, that, I mean, I realize the weather sucks, you know, but but at the same time, it's just like, the, the money's better over here, um, you know, it's, the travel's better, you know, I feel like a lot of guys, a lot more guys are playing a lot more over here. I mean, you even look at a guy like Oppie Bonrat, you know, he's 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 playing over here a lot now. You know, it's just a matter of you get inside that top sixty. It's like that guy was it Byung Kyung On? He 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 either won or almost won at Wentworth last year, but he played in the Masters. I mean, he's been playing a lot over here. You know, so it's like even the guys that don't have membership. He's American though, and he been on. I think he's he's either American. He's like American of Korean descent, but he's been playing the Euro Tour. Yeah, he has played the Korean Tour. Years. But yeah, he. I think he. Yeah, I mean, the Euro. It's the Euro Tour has become. So it's it it's so not well named. First of all, uh, it's such a joke how much travel those guys have to do, and yeah. it's um, yeah. I mean, I, I I I get a lot of criticism when I say like somebody like Brendan Grace needs to come over and play the PGA Tour on a regular circuit if he wants to be but considered. For real, though, he That's does. true. It's accurate. It's totally accurate. I mean, but he, he obviously can back his game up. I mean, same goes for Willett. Um, he's proven it beyond any means that needs to be proven, but. I want to see what this guy's got on a week-to-week basis. I, I do not mean in the slightest regard that any, either of their wins the past two weeks have been flukes. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's like I want to see what this guy's got rather than you know his basically intro to the world being you know this huge win where we don't know a whole lot about him. So you want to see if he's Charles Schwartzel or yeah, you know somebody that's I'm trying to think of a Euro that's really Trevor you know, Immelman. Yeah, that's been more, you know, which actually funny story on <laughs> the Masters. And I can't remember who we were talking to, but he was like, yeah, I just ran into Oostazen's agent. And he was like, God, if I could just get that guy to give a shit, uh, <laughs> just to try at all. Like, he's like, he could be the best player in the world and it wouldn't even be close. Is but he just doesn't care that, at all. What would you call the Jason Day versus Oostazen match in the match play? Like the guy that just doesn't care and the guy that cares probably way too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. That was part one. That's it for now. I ho- hope to have part two of the podcast with Tron Carter up on Thursday. Thanks again for tuning in. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Ronnie, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! 